0: For those of you who don't know me, I'm Beto, and I'm a part of Awaken OSU. <laughs> Our college ministry has a large representation at this church. And uh, like I said, tonight is going to be a very special night because we're going to hear from the three mission trips that went out earlier this summer. I guess it's not summer yet, though. It's summer. We all recognize it's summer, right? Good, okay. Um, we will not be hearing from forty people, though. So if that scared you, um, <laughs> don't worry about it. We're gonna hear from six people tonight. Um, so the three trips that went out earlier um, in in um, May were uh, a trip to India, in northern India in Ljubljana, and then a trip went to Sweden as well. And then um, a team also went to Greece. And uh, the Indian team went to northern India to evangelize, mostly to Hindus. And the Sweden uh, team and the Greece team both worked with refugees. Uh, the Sweden team partnered with a local church um, to build relationships and meet refugees. And uh, the Greece team worked in a refugee camp uh, where they developed relationships with people as well and uh, shared the gospel. They partnered, partnered with EuroLife. Is that right? Euro Relief, Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, well, we're gonna hear we're gonna hear from uh, six, six different people, two people representing each trip. But before uh, I invite our first duo up here, I just want to take a moment to pray uh, for this evening. Father, I pray that you would bless tonight and everyone uh, who's gonna come up here and share their testimony on behalf of the trip that they went on. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. And that they wouldn't be nervous because everybody here wants to hear what they have to say. Uh, Either way, Lord, I pray that you would speak through them. And you would teach us and inspire us uh, to love Jesus Christ and to love those who are lost in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, Pete and Fiona, why don't you guys come up? (laughs)
1: So yeah, I'm Pete. It's Fiona. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, I'll just jump right into it. Um, but yeah, so I kind of talk about yeah, why I like, got interested in going to India. Um, but yeah, so um, coming from Linworth, I heard like a lot about like people like doing the same thing I'm doing, just like speaking about mission trips. Um, and I heard about the China mission trip that people from Linworth uh, went on. And then coming to Awaken, I heard uh, when Mike Cater came to speak, um, just talking about uh, his run global ministry uh, in India and just, yeah, like around the globe. Um, and it's something I've always heard, like, a lot about, um, but I never, like, I don't know, I didn't understand, because, like, I've never experienced that for myself. Um, I was, like, very familiar with, like, local ministry. Um, and coming off of SDP, too, I was just, like, super, like, motivated, uh, super, like, on fire for the gospel. Um and yeah, just like getting to share that with people. Um, so I was like familiar with it on like the local scale, like going out to like OSU campus um, and like evangelizing with people there, um, which was a little different from a lot different from India. Um, so like most of the time, people have like some background knowledge of like Christianity, um, like who Jesus was, and so you kind of like bounce questions like back and forth. Where it's like going into India, it's just like you're sharing like the gospel story from like start to finish, um, and so. That was something like I was like a little uncomfortable doing, um, and never like didn't have much experience doing before. Um, and so, yeah, when I heard about the India trip, um, yeah, it was something I just wanted to experience for myself, seeing like overseas ministry, um, just so I can like relate and understand for myself, and also just being obedient, um, making disciples of all nations, not just local ministry. Um, but yeah, going overseas, going to India to sh- share the gospel with them, um, and it's definitely something that. I don't know, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, I'm definitely like very like introverted and so, but that's something like a shell I'm trying to break and like just branch out um, and be faithful to God and I just, I don't know. It's like exercising my faith in him and just relying wholly on him. Um, and so yeah, and just like a lot of like new experiences to going into it. Um, going overseas on a mission trip. I never flown on a plane before. Um, I'd gone skydiving which like kinda counts but it wasn't like a commercial like airliner like flying 14 hours to India. Um, so, yeah, that was sweet. I got, for my first flight, they gave me like some little plastic wings because it's like my first time. So I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so super sick about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, then once we got to India uh, the first day, we were just kind of getting like settled in, uh, meeting the translators um, that'd be walking around with us on local pastors. Um, and so, yeah, that first evening, uh, we went out, um, we paired off into like three groups of four, and then those three groups of four were paired off into twos and so uh, me and Kylie Yammer prepared up and we went out with uh, a translator and a local pastor uh, to go to the slums for a couple hours and share the gospel with those people um, and yeah I was like definitely like, extremely nervous like having like anxiety like my heart was just like pounding in my chest like it is right now um, and but yeah yeah so it was really cool just being able to like step outside my comfort zone um, and yeah just like get to share with the people like, regardless of like how nervous I was. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, a little frustrating, too, because, um, at least with, like, the translator and the local pastor we had, because, like, we got to share the gospel, which is, like, awesome. Um, but there wasn't much of, like, a back and forth. At least, like, they weren't telling us, like, how they were responding to, like, what they were saying, um, which was, like, a little discouraging. Uh, and then, yeah, coming back that night, too, um, yeah, I struggled a lot with, like, feelings of inadequacy, uh, and I was, like, kind of questioning why I was there. Um, See, I was having, like, a lot of mixed emotions. Like, I was super, like, stoked that, like, I got to share the gospel and, like, Stepped outside my comfort zone in that regard, um, but I just felt like, man, like, like I should have done like such a better job, or like. And then I started feeling like, man, maybe, maybe I would have like, the team would have been better off if I just like hadn't come at all, or if like someone had gone to my place. Just feeling like someone who's like, like someone should be there who's like much more capable or like equipped to like share the gospel or can, like and articu- articulate it in a way that like makes sense to people. And I feel like I just wasn't capable of that. Um, And so yeah, I was like super discouraged, and yeah, I came back to the room, uh, and I was just talking with uh, Beto and Noah um, that night, and they yeah, they were really just being like shepherds to me, just comforting me, like hearing me out. Um, All the feelings of like doubt, uh, and feelings of inadequacy I was feeling. Um, And yeah, I just remember Beto saying, uh, he just encouraged me that, yeah, he wouldn't replace a single person that was on the team with like anyone else. Like he like specifically picked the people on that trip uh, because of their heart for the Lord. and, yeah, he knew uh, our desire was to be obedient to him. Um, so, yeah, it didn't matter, like, how, like, how well-equipped I thought I was or how, like, skillful um, I thought I was, like, sharing the gospel. Um, but, uh, yeah, he knew, like, where my heart was for the Lord, um, which, yeah, just, like, super encouraging. Um, and then, yeah, so the next day uh, we switched it up. We just went out with uh, one translator. Um, and so, yeah, the, the first group of people um, I shared the gospel with um, yeah, after like, finished sharing, we had, like, an altar call, and immediately, like, eight or, like, nine hands, like, shot up to, like, receive the gospel, Um or, yeah, receive Christ. And it was just, like, such a turnaround from, like, yesterday, just, like, how, like, uh, crappy I was feeling, um, just, like, how incapable I was. Um, and then, yeah, just, like, see people, like, receive like, Christ, like, in spite of, like, how broken I was feeling, like, how weak and, like, incapable I was. Um, just, like, Christ, yeah, using my weakness to display, like, his strength um, through me. And so, yeah, and then, like, I got to, like, um, walk them through, like, a prayer of confession, which, like, I'd never done before. I was, like, even more nervous about that. Um, but, yeah, it was just, like, so surreal and, like, so humbling um, that God would use, yeah, just, like, such a broken center like, as myself to glorify the kingdom of God. Um, and, yeah, I think my first mistake was just realizing that, yeah, it wasn't all on me. Um, it wasn't anything that I could have done to, like, prepare for the trip. Like, it doesn't matter, like, how skillful I was going into it. Um, but, yeah, like, as long as like, I trusted in God and put, like, all my faith and trust in him, he was going to use me. Because, um, yeah, ultimately, it's him working through us nothing that we're doing by our own power. Um, and so, yeah, that was just, like, amazing to see. Um, that, like, completely, like, 180. Um, and then going out, like, the rest, of the, the rest of the time we were there, it was, like, more encouraged, like, each and every day. Um, even if, like, people, like, weren't like as receptive as they were like, like the previous days. Um, I was just feeling like more motivated, and got more comfortable. Ultimately, um, because like yeah, I just like gave everything to God at that time. I was like, yeah, God, like you, you brought me here for a reason. So I'm just gonna trust you to, uh, yeah, just give me strength. Um, and yeah, yeah, so yeah, it was just amazing. Um, it's funny because like every time we went out, um, like even though I was like sharing, like preaching the gospel, with, like other people, I felt like I was preaching it to myself just, like, a lot of simple truths that I'd heard so many times before. Um, But, yeah, just, like, I don't know, just, just like, reassuring myself of those um, because I didn't believe them in my heart. Um, But then just seeing God, like, follow through um, and just, yeah, like, realizing that, yeah, through God, like, through Christ, like, um, we are capable of, like, all things. Like, there's nothing that he can't, like, accomplish um, if we, like, yeah, just trust in him. And, yeah, just knowing that he's going to work, like, every, like, situation out for, like, the good of those who are faithful to him. Um, And, yeah, that just seemed, like, so real to me in the time. I just, like, I never felt, like, the spirit like that, like, come alive in me like that before. Um, Like, every insecurity I was feeling was, like, completely, like, vanquished um, the rest of the week because, yeah, I was just, like, so motivated each day to, like, go out and share the gospel, like, to the point where I was, like, actually, like, excited. Like, I wasn't even thinking about, like, how nervous I was or, like, how inadequate. Um, But, yeah, just, like, realizing that my delight was, like, and living for the Lord and just being obedient to Him. Um, and yeah, yeah.
2: So good. Okay. So, hello. Um, uh, yeah, I told my, we met with our India team earlier today, and I told them the same thing that I'm going to tell you. All I've eaten today is, like, popsicles, and I did have a box of mac and cheese, but I have, like, major cotton mouth, so I'm sorry, you're going to hear me, like, smacking. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, yeah, though, so, um, yeah, India was, like, super legit, um, I, uh, was paired up with Janelle, my girl, I don't know where she is, but she's awesome, I see her. Um, yeah, that was just, like, super fun. Um, but, like, kind of going back before we left for the trip, uh, I had, like, yeah, some, like, very strong, like, feelings not from the Lord of just, like, um, yeah, feeling super, like, inadequate. And um, I even, like, missed the interest meeting. And, like, I, I just, like, wasn't, I was, like, yeah, I just, like, wasn't super sure about it, um, like, going into it. I, like, just, like, did not feel capable Um And it was just, like, really relying on, like, my own words and, like, my own strength and my own actions, like, going into it. So I was, like, I shouldn't go because there were, like, other people who would just, like, make way more of a dent in, like, a small period of time that, like, I could ever do. Um, And even, like, to the point that I, like, turned in my, like, support letters, I just remember, like, holding them and I was, like, all right, this, like, seals the deal. Like, as soon as I put these in this little, like, magical box, like, they're gone. And, like, like, that's probably, like, everyone else is probably super excited to, like, put these in the mailbox, but I'm, like, terrified because I just, like, know that, like, I'm, like, scared, like, for this trip, and, like, I just, like, was, like, doubting, like, the power of the Lord, honestly, and, like, it just, like, wasn't good, and it, like, wasn't legit, and, like, my heart was not in a good place, Um, but then, like, once, uh, once we got there, I was, like, feeling these feelings. They just kept, like, building up. It was so bad, and, um, but, yeah, so once I, we got there, um, like, yeah, that first night, I was just, like, very, like, stressed out, and, like, I was just, like, feeling so insecure, and, like, I was, like, scared to talk, because I didn't want to butcher it. I was, like, these awesome people, like, haven't even heard the name of Jesus, and I don't want to, like, ruin it for them. I was just, like, yeah, just, like, super in my head, Um, but then I, like, took some time with, like, the Lord, and I was just, like, God, like, please, like, just, like, yeah, like, I'm, like, taking the back seat on this trip, and, like, I think God, like, really put it on my heart, like, he's, like, dude, like, I got this, like, I totally got this, and there was, like, this freedom that was lifted and just, like, this burden off my shoulders that I was, like, yeah, he does have this. I'm, like, praise God for that because if it was on me, like, I would butcher it. That's, like, true because that's not, like, of the Lord. Um, so, like, once that, like, really sunk in and I was just, like, oh, like, praise God. Like, God's going to, like, speak through me. Like, I'm his vessel and, like, I, like, don't have to worry about my own words because, like, I just have to, like, trust the Lord. And, like, he'll, like, take it from there. Um. So once that, like, took the burden off, I, like, felt the same as Pete. It was just, like, every day was so much fun going out. And it was Janelle and I, and then we had a female translator and um, this other guy who's really cool. But it was, like, it was just so fun, like, hitting the streets and, like, talking to people. And there were, of course, like, so many cool stories of, like, how God, like, worked. Um, yeah, just, like, it was such, like, an honor to be a part of. But um, one story specifically they just, like, I've been, like, thinking about it a lot lately um, I know Janelle and I talked about it. It's her favorite story, too. So you're going to have to, like, hear her rendition because it's probably really good. But, um, yeah, but basically we were, um, Janelle and I were, like, going, it's, like, just little Avanja cube. Ooh, my hands are very sweaty. Um, I'll switch on this one. Um, but we were going through the Avenge cube to, like, um, a crew of people, probably, like, 15, 20 people. And um, we were all kind of, like, just kind of, like, looking around, like, doing, like, the Avenge cube. Um, And these people had been there from, like, front to back. We were giving them, like, the whole gospel uh, presentation. But then this um, other young girl and her mom came up, and they were kind of, like, on the outskirts of, like, our little horseshoe going on. They were, like, over here. And, like, we, like, definitely noticed them because they just kind of entered. So we just, like, smiled and had, like, our little connection. And it was, like, kind of this, like, unsaid, like, we're going to, like, talk, like, eventually. Um, And then um, we kind of kept going through the presentation. And then we were done. We did the altar call, um, and then the mom came up and was like, hey, can you guys, like, pray for my daughter? Um, her name was Bimala. Um, I put emphasis on that because I've been saying Bulima. <laughs> it definitely sounds like bulimia. So I've been, like, working on that. But her name is, B- yeah, Bimala. And, um, yeah, she was just, like, so sweet. Like, um, but her mom was like, can you pray for her? And we were like, absolutely. Like, what, what does she need like, prayer for? Like, what would you like us to pray for? And um, our translator told us that she was um, she couldn't hear and she couldn't speak, um, which, and it was just so like it was just like so like like heartbreaking because you like look at her and her eyes were just like we just like she's like smiling with her eyes like she's just this like awesome person and you can just tell but like it just kind of clicked like oh we're not going to be able to like like understand you like fully as like much as we could and like as much as we'd want to. Um, so I just kind of like clicked. So we, were, we prayed for her and then we went back to their house and had chai, like did the Indian thing, so fun. And then once we were back at the house, we realized that that mom had four kids and none of, like all four of them couldn't hear and they couldn't speak, um, like all four of them, which was insane, like I was just like, whoa, like this family's like been through it. Like that'd be like really heavy. So we were kind of trying to think of like how to do it, like, um, like how to like guide our conversation. Cause there wasn't just one language barrier, now there's two. It wasn't just, like, American to, like, our translator to, like, Hindi. But it was, like, American or English to our translator to Hindi to, like, silence. Like, it was just, like, so it was just, like, oh, man, like, all right. It's going to, like, take some creativity. Like, God, like, work through us, please. Um, And then we gave her a book but realized she couldn't read. And then finally it just kind of clicked, like, oh, like, like, the loudest thing that we can do right now is just, like, love her. And, like, I'm sure everyone in this room has been, like, loved by a believer. And, like, Jesus' love is, like, so loud. Like, it's louder than, like, someone, like, sometimes it's louder than, like, you know, like, giving you a verse or giving you, like, a word of encouragement from, like, the Bible. Like, just being loved alone is, like, such a, like, an evidence that Jesus, like, is alive and well in someone's heart. And, like, once you've experienced that, like, it's, like, Jesus is so clear. Um. So once we realized that, it was, we were just, like, loving on her, and she was, like, she was loving it, because, like, I just don't think people have, like, loved her very much there. I think people just kind of see her as, like, useless because she can't speak and can't hear. But, yeah, Janelle and I were just living it up with this girl. We, like, I went on a moped ride with her, which is very scary for some, in India, period, but for someone who, like, can't hear the honking and it's just like, like story. I was like, dear God, but it was really fun. But we did that, and she like gave us like um, a makeover, Janelle and I makeover, which we found out was like all Hindu makeup. We had like the little like, diamonds. <laughs> but anyway, it was really fun. Um, but yeah, once we like left, we were just like kind of talking about it, and like it was just like mind blowing because we really did realize like we can't hear her voice, but like God can. He can hear her voice. He understands her. He knows, like, the desires of her heart. He knows what makes her happy. He knows what makes her sad. And, like, he loves her dearly. And, like, yeah, it was just, it was, like, such an honor to get to, like, love on her and her family and, like, become close to her. And it was, like, really hard to say goodbye by the end of it. Um, and that just, like, showed, like, it's not on our, it's, like, not on our voice and not on our, like, physical actions, but just, like, like, Christ's love through us. Like, there's, like, no physical um, thing that we have to, like, abide by. Like it's just like all Christ. Um, so yeah, I was feeling really encouraged and just like so happy I got to go on the trip because I would have never learned that. And it was really cool. Anyway.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Pete and uh, Fiona for sharing. That was... That was awesome. And uh, I wanted to share uh, a verse real quick before I ask uh, Lynn and Jahara to come up. But it's from John uh, 16, 13 through 15, when Jesus says, speaking of the Holy Spirit, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what, it, what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will will receive from me what he will make known to you. And I thought of this verse because of what uh, Pete and Fiona shared, that it is the Holy Spirit who is working through us and he continues the ministry of Jesus Christ. And therefore we can be confident that when we step forward and share the gospel, whether in word or deed, or both, hopefully. Um, it, is, or it is the words of Christ and his desire that is coming out of us because it is a spirit that is working through us. And Pete and Fiona, thank you again because that is what you guys, that is what you guys experienced and that is true for all of us. Um, so Lynn and Jahara, you guys can come up here.
3: Jahara. Um, so yeah, I'll just start talking. Um, so before we went to Sweden, I was kind of in this place of super excited just to see like what God was doing in the lives of Muslims, um, as well as just being super nervous because I was like, I just became Christian a few months ago. I don't really know how this works. I don't know. I've only had experience evangelizing on campus like once. Um, and just like Lynn had like asked me like, hey, do you want to consider? And I was like, Eh, probably not. And then um, just like a few more weeks of just like thinking about it. And then it came a day where they, were, they needed a decision in like two days. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And then, so yeah, just like being super excited for that after that. And then once we got there, I was kind of just like really excited to see like what God would do. Um, and uh, Sarah, who was like the leader there in Stockholm um, for this like church planning mission um just like really wanted us to focus on prayer um in the community and um i she just wanted us to pray like really for um god just to give us images of people to like talk to um and i wasn't really sure how that worked and i was just like i don't know god is there anyone you want me to talk to um but i just remember like not really knowing how that worked and i was like i don't know god like if there's anyone just like bring them to us and um, just like we had a chance to like talk to different people there, and just like ask people if they wanted prayer, and the first day like got rejected many times. They didn't want prayer, um, and I just remember like feeling super discouraged about that. And I was like, "Well, I don't know really don't really know what to do now." Um, but the next day, um, I went to a language class with Catherine. Um, and this man, Stefan, like taught Swedish through the Bible, um, and there's like a group of Mongolian women, and um, I had like gotten a chance to like share my testimony to Stefan, who like shared it to the Mongolian lady, who like shared it to them, and um, I remember like all of them just being like incredibly just like joyful for it, and just like extremely encouraged because like all of them had become Christian, but um, like none of their families were like receiving it well. And it was just, like, incredible to see, like, how God used that in their lives and how they just, like, really wanted prayer for that after, where just to, like, hear prayer for their families as well. They wanted to, like, pray for my family. Um, so that was really cool. And then once Ramadan started, we had, like, fasted the first day and, like, done a prayer walk around the community. Um, and I just remember just feeling, like, super down, just, like, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know, like, how to, like take on the job of just, like, wanting to, like, save all these people, and I just felt, like, this immense, like, weight on me to, like, do it all on my own, um, but I remember just, like, talking to Sarah, like, the leader there, and she was just, like, saying how, like, we have to, like, be, like, faithful to God through, like, the process, because I think before I was, like, oh, I'm gonna see people come to Christ, but (laughs) soon realized that's not exactly what happened, um, just, like, constantly planting seeds, and just, like, Serving the people in like the ways they needed to be served, so like a night we like went and passed out dates for like Ramadan, and just like all these like Muslim men were like super grateful. Only not one who like kind of yelled at us, um, but yeah, just like showing, just like showing them love from like Jesus, and just like serving them the ways they needed to be served was like super cool, and just like planting seeds in their lives and just seeing. How like God will like use that and just use that for His harvest later on, and now I'm just back here, just realizing that it's not my job just to um, save all these people. That like God can do it without me, but He does want me to like be a part of His work and just to plant seeds with Him. So, yeah.
4: Um, my name is Lynn, and we, so Beto said that we partnered with a church plant, which is true, um, and the church consists of, like, four people, um, and they all work full-time, so a lot of what we were doing is just, like, doing the, the work that they want to be doing. They have these visions for it, but they don't always have the opportunity to, um, so a lot of what we were doing, like Jahara said, was prayer walking and trying to engage with um, refugees and immigrants to get to know them, to bless them, to share Jesus with them, um, and because the majority of the um, immigrants and refugees there were from Muslim culture, um, which is pretty like gender segregated. So um, all of us girls like approached girls and the guys approached guys. Um, And there weren't very many girls out a lot. (laughs) So we did a lot of prayer walking trying to find women. Um, And I was with Brie one day and we were um, praying and we were walking through like the town center um, and there are these two Somali women named Fardosa and Hoda, and they were just like enjoying the sun. And so we went up and started talking to them and asked them all oh, like, how long have you lived in Sweden? And um, we're just making conversations with them. And we knew that Ramadan was coming up. And so we were asking about that, like the fasting and then the meal at night. And I was like, so you, your meal is just with family or do you have friends there maybe? Um, like leaned in, and told Brie, like, I'm definitely trying to get invited right now. Um, and so we like, kept talking. Then I brought it back to Ramadan. They're like, we should invite you for like this, like breaking a fast meal. Like, Great idea. So we, um, they invited us. We like kept talking, and um, they really enjoyed that. Even though we were Westerners, we still um, feared God because Swedes are just extremely like secular and post-Christian. And um, so they're like, you like believe in one God? Or, yeah. Um, you like Jesus is good, we're like, yeah, he's like the best. <laughs> so, we um, like connected on some spiritual things, too. Um, so, we went back and um, told Sarah and Caroline, the like ministry partners, um, about our day and how we were talking with these women. We got invited to this iftar meal, um, and Sarah's like, Yeah, I've been praying that every team member would be able to like take part in an iftar meal. Um, and I said, oh, yeah, and, and these women are from Somalia. And she said that for, two, like, two and a half years, she's been praying um, to be able to get into a Somali home. Um, just because it's such a hard community to, like, get into. Um, just very, like, closed off. And um, this, like, neighborhood that they're in is, like, I don't know, 80 to 90 percent, like, immigrant and refugee, and a good majority of that um, is Somali. So she was, like, super, super stoked, so we um, went to Hoda's house, and she was so excited. Um, Caroline and Sarah came with us, um, and Caroline is Swedish, so she spoke with Hoda in Swedish, which was a lot easier for Hoda, um, and Caroline shared her testimony, and the conversation was mostly in Swedish, so I'm not sure everything that happened, um, but it was really neat that they could, like, um, start that connection, and actually, while Bree and I, the Two days before, whatever, um, we're sitting out and um, talking with these two women. A lot of other Somalis were coming up and chatting with them, and they'd walk away. And one of their uncles came and brought us like cold pop to drink. Um, and so we could tell that this, these women have um, a lot of connections in the community. Um, so it's really excited, exciting to um, think of this relationship that can be starting for Sarah and Caroline in the Somali community and all these like. Relationship networks that will be open to that. Um, so that was really exciting. Sarah was really excited about that. Um, but what I didn't say was really leading up to Sweden. It was like a pretty hard semester and a season um, of life, and I felt very ill equipped and felt kind of guilty because people were like supporting me to go, and I just was like, I'm not ready. And um, I knew it was going to be a lot of prayer, and I was this like difficult season was bringing out a lot of questions about like who is God and what is even prayer um and so it was pretty uncomfortable Sarah and Caroline like have like big bold prayers expectant prayers like I don't know what I can do um and yet despite my like unbelief or my like very tiny faith the Lord still answered Sarah's huge um prayers after so many years and um despite my unbelief, yeah, we still got to see things happen, and, and the Lord was still working, and there are so many um, people out there that are ready for conversations, for relationships, for the gospel, for encountering Jesus, um, and we just realized that there are, that the harvest is so plentiful, they just need people, even people of like little faith like me, um, to go out and engage people, and um, just because Bree and I started talk to, talking to them, we got to Get into smiley home, so praise the Lord for that.
0: Well, thank you, Lynn and Jahara. Your guys' faithfulness is it's pretty amazing. So um, and before I invite um, May and uh, Katie up here, I just wanted to share something from the word again, um, something that I had in mind when Lynn and Jaharas told me what they were gonna, what they wanted to talk about when they wanted to share tonight. Um, and it is from 2 Corinthians 4, three through six, when Paul writes, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, uh, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. That verse comes to mind just because of the faithfulness that you guys represent and that you guys expressed because of the desire you have to serve Jesus Christ and the truth and the life and the light that he has given you, you want to display that to other people. And you guys did that. And I and I, I loved hearing your guys' stories. And again, thank you for your faithfulness. And people did see the truth of Christ uh, in you guys. Which is pretty awesome. So um, May and Katie, you guys can you guys can come up.
5: Okay, hey, I'm Katie. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to jump in, too. Um, So while we were in Greece, we had tons of opportunities um, to talk to families in Moria Refugee Camp. We had a lot of stories, um, but I'll share one with you tonight. So one of the specific stories I wanted to share tonight um, was Lauren, somewhere in the crowd, Lauren and I got to talk with a family um, in Moria Refugee Camp. And we got to sit down with a mother of five. Um, and she started explaining her story to us. And so her family's from Syria. Um, and she has five little kids. And she like just got into it. Um, and they fled Syria because um, a bomb hit. And all of her children, including herself, got hit with shrapnel from the bomb. Um, and that just, like, horrified me. And then she called her two-year-old son over. Hey, oh, there's Lauren. So she called her two-year-old son over, and she's like, sit on my lap. Um, and the two-year-old got on her lap, and she grabbed Lauren and I's finger, and she put um, our fingers, like, right where the little boy's, like, hip is. Um, and we pushed, and we could feel, like, metal in his body, um, which was the shrapnel. And um, we just, like, had no words. Um, and. At that point, we asked if she had gone to the doctor. And she said, doctor, no good, no good. They always say that. <laughs> um, but the doctors in Mori Refugee Camp couldn't help them because um, the surgery was just so extensive. And they, couldn't, they didn't have enough money to go outside the camp to go to a hospital and have surgery. Um, so they were pretty hopeless. Um, so we, we couldn't do anything. We literally just sat in silence. Um, and we all just started like like crying just silently and just watching the mom cry. Um, and a little girl was on my lap and she just like started crying. Um, and like I, I could never describe the look in that mom's eyes. Like when I saw her, I like was like shocked. Um, and so we were just like, <laughs> didn't know what to say. And all I could say was, um, doctor may be no good, but God is good. Um, and then Lauren looked at the family, especially the mom, and she says, God sees you. And she said, God loves you. Um, and then we offered to pray for the family, and the mom was like, yes, which was like a shocker, because usually they say notes, so that was a blessing. And then um, one of her neighbors, which is like literally just a woman from the other side of like the blanket, Um, like leaned over Um, and it was so cool (laughs) because she asked um, for pray for her lungs because her lungs um, were hurting when she was sleeping or whenever she breathed (laughs) Um, and so it was really cool that we just got to pray for healing for the family and for the neighbor Um, and we also prayed for um, the neighbor and the mom both to get doctor's appointments because they were all so sick and then literally the next day on two different separate accounts um I saw the mom and the neighbor, and both of them came up to me, and they were so joyful, and they're like, marhaba, which means hello in Arabic, and I was like, hi, marhaba. Um, And both of them had gotten doctor's appointments, which was the craziest thing, like, praise God. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. Um, And then we got to go back the next day to the family and tell them that we followed Jesus, Isa, in Arabic, Um, and we got their WhatsApp, which was super encouraging, so we can, like, connect with them, but yeah, so this family, um, like, this was the family that touched my heart, like, (laughs) in Greece, um, in Moria camp, I just, I could not imagine being that mom and watching my children, like, being malnourished, and I, like, have no, like, sense of control, I can't control it, and I can't provide for them, and that would just lead me to this, like, hopeless hopelessness um and so then on the last day um I like loved one of her daughters she was so cute and so precious and on the last day um I got to say goodbye to the little malnourished daughter um and because my words are limited (laughs) I'm not fully Arabic um I could say um I could tell her that I loved her and that God loved her um and I could tell she understood. Like, when she looked at me, I was like, Issa, like, in your heart. And she was like, Issa, Issa, in here? And I was like, ah, ah. And she just, like, like was so, like, flabbergasted at that. She's like, what? Like, someone loves me. Someone is in my heart. Um, yeah. So it was just super encouraging um, to talk to her and to tell her that she's loved. And I have no doubt that there are so many, like, seeds that we planted there especially with that family like that little girl will like will and can know love know and love Jesus um she really can and I believe that wholeheartedly um and I pray about her like every day and I think about her at night all the time and I'm like I just pray that you know Jesus and that can spread to the family and that can spread to the camp it can spread everywhere it can spread across the world um so yeah don't doubt God
6: Yeah, so I'm May, um, and I am fully Arabic, so (laughs) I got a chance to go into a tent and have tea with a family with our team leader, Robbie McAllister and Lauren, Um, and we met a guy who was shot back in Syria through the mouth, um, and the bullet went out his ear because he didn't want to be recruited by the Syrian army. Um, and because of that, he lost all his teeth and lost hearing in that year. Um, and he said, "Well, for starters, yeah." So, well, why are you here? First off, that's why he's telling us. And that was like the first story. Um, and then, the mother of that family lost her oldest son at the age of 23 um, because he was killed by a sniper in Syria, just being a citizen. Um, just caught by a bullet and he passed away. Um, And then they're going in chronological order of why they had to flee. And the daughter of the family, um, who was married to the son-in-law who was shot, um, she was laying sleeping one night and she said she was cuddling next to her little sister and they were looking out the window because they heard some bombs going off and they watched as the building next to them just collapsed into dust. She said not even a minute passed by until I looked up and saw our own ceiling start collapsing onto me. And dust fell onto our faces and onto our eyes and we thought we went blind. And then we felt somebody pull us out and wipe the dust away from our eyes. and we looked around us and everything was just in the ground of what we once knew was high and beautiful. Um, It was laying at our feet. Um, And we're just listening to these stories, like they've just got story after story after story and we're speechless. And I'm like translating the story three ways, like it's hitting me and then I'm turning to them and it's hitting them and then we're moving on to the next one. and then the youngest boy in the family was eight years old, and Siri's been at war for seven years. So this little boy, his entire life has just been war. Um, so he's never had any form of education, nor has he had any opportunity to get any education. Um, so she was describing to us what life was like for him, what he had to play with in the streets, and um, how he just knew the drill of when he heard an airplane in the sky, he just had to run inside, and playtime was over for the week. Um, So they said, you know, obviously these moments led up to us having to flee Syria. So they were getting ready to leave Syria. They were escaping, and the father turned around to look over Syria, um, and he watched as a plane came down into Syria and just blew up and he watched just dust fly everywhere and he said he had a heart attack. And so obviously the trip in itself of just trying to find land of refuge is hard enough as well as like imagining having heart conditions from the second you step on a boat. Um, So they started describing to us what it was like of them fleeing from Syria to Turkey to Greece. And... um, The little boy, when they reached Turkey, they showed us a video and um, some doodles of his. Since he didn't have any form of education, he couldn't journal or write about anything. So he would draw doodles in the sand of boats flipping over and people falling out of the boats because of the Turks shooting at them um, to keep them from escaping or entering borders. So, um, they showed us this little notebook that he kept of just doodles of the Greeks holding swords against them and Turks holding swords against him because everybody was just against them and nobody wanted to let them in. And there were like people falling off the sides of the boat with frowny faces and like people in the water. And it was so baffling to look at knowing that this little boy can't explain to us in his words, but he can doodle for us how he felt. Um, And in that moment, as they're sharing that story, we're sitting in the tent, and the little boy comes in, and Robbie McAllister asks, is this the son that's experienced his entire life like this? And um, through this, Robbie's been weeping, and family's been sharing tears. And for me, personally, I've heard, like, stories like this, so nothing really, like, fully hit the water flood yet until um, that boy came in and Robbie just held his hands and the boy didn't speak any English, but Robbie just looked him in the eyes and said, I am so sorry that this is the life you've had to encounter and I just want you to know that this is not the life God intended for you and Robbie kissed the boy on the cheek and just embraced him and Robbie wept and I lost it because I in that moment was when I realized that, um, yeah, we can't communicate um, how bad we feel for these people and we can't tell you how much we're gonna pray for you, but we can mourn with you, Um, we can cry with you. Um, So as that was happening, the guy, the son-in-law who got shot through the mouth was doodling on a piece of cardboard we asked him what he was drawing, and he drew a heart melting um, by a flame. It was a candlelight, and the heart was melting onto the candlelight. And I asked him to explain it to me. And he said, this is our hearts, and this is what's happening. Um, we're just being lit on fire and fire, and we're just slowly melting away. And um, we apologized and said, you know, We can't know what everything is going on and how it feels, but we want you to know that God knows, Um, God hears, God sees, and we will pray for you so that you have that hope too. They said, you know what? You guys are that hope and you guys are that light and you're not burning our hearts, but you are the light in our life that we now see that will never burn out. And we said, you know what? In our life... That light's Jesus. Um, and we pray that one day you see that light too. Um, so, yeah, after that encounter, I think each of one of us were able to take something different from that interaction. But the main thing was we just felt like there wasn't anything we could do. You know, from doctors to prayers, there's all that we can do is give you the same hope that we have every day, that Jesus Christ is there for you. Um, And what personally hit me as I was leaving the camp, and our team shared the same thing, that we don't feel deserving to go home. Um, As on the last day we were walking away from the camp, and I looked at this huge cage of a prison, um, said, I want to be on the other side with you. I want to stand in that cage with you. Um, and Katie shared while we were there that the same God that's on this side of our cage is on their side of the cage too. And the same God that's fighting for me every day is fighting for you. And, you know, we didn't get to watch a million people come to Christ, but we were able to plant the seeds in their hearts that there's a God that's fighting for you each and every day. And that same God... Is the same God that brings us home every day. So, yeah. And on behalf of the Greece team, we want to thank the congregation for your support and your prayers. Um, We felt the Lord moving in many ways while we were over there. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: I don't really have anything to say to follow that up. Um, and I tried to think of something, but I just like started crying because that was amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Katie and me. Um, and thank you for the compassion that, that you guys showed. Yeah, and that's, that's inspiring to me. I hope it's inspiring to all of us to to be Christ in this way and to have the compassion of Christ in our hearts. Um, Kim and Christine, you guys can come back up. And I want to say a few final things. Um, before we start singing some worship here, I want to share one final thought with you guys because some of you might hear these stories and they might be very uh, inspirational or great and you might really enjoy them and you might feel motivated by them or you might be moved in your heart, whatever. And then for others of you, um, hearing just mission trip stories just might seem tired and old and that, uh, that whole experience is just fleeting and it's very momentary. And I, I'm, I'm certain that there are, are some people here like that but no matter where you fall uh, into one of those thoughts, maybe somewhere in between, um, I wanted to share this. And uh, it was a thought I was, I was having about the Apostle Paul, who is obviously a very famous hero of the Christian faith. And, um, you know, he is responsible for expanding Christianity and getting the gospel out all to all over the, the Roman world. And our world would not look the same if he did not do that. But you have to think that when Paul shared the gospel with people, when he went out there, he shared the gospel with hundreds, thousands of people. But when he left, he ends up writing these letters to multiple uh, huge congregations of Christians. And certainly he did not share the gospel with all of them. I mean, in Romans, he writes a letter to the Romans, and he's never even been to Rome yet. Somebody's taking the gospel there. Therefore, I think what this shows is that following the name of great apostles, great missionaries, the church fathers, theologians, following their names are multitudes of nameless people, ordinary people who are faithful to Jesus Christ and took the gospel to their neighbors and their friends, their family, their workers, co-workers. Um, So, and I think that is, I mean, I, I definitely believe that there will be great famous people uh, who do amazing things, remarkable things, things that are written about even here. I believe that. But no matter where you are and what you would like to do, if you want to be here and you will be here, or you want to move overseas and be a missionary, I hope that all of us continue in this procession of the multitudes of faithful, ordinary people who changed the world because those are the other Christian heroes who aren't written about, and as God's called all of us. So uh, I'm going to pray real quick before we worship. Um, Father, thank you that you call us into the ministry of Jesus and that you call us into his kingdom. Thank you for your compassion and your love for us and your patience. Lord, I pray that you would draw us into worship, And that we would genuinely worship you with all of our heart because you are worthy. And the love that you have for us, I pray that that would spill over and be clear to those around us. And that those around us, the people that we love, would also come to Jesus Christ as well. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.